right. Don't be shy. Welcome in. We're all friends here. Well, most of you. No, we are. We are. Welcome in here to Sports 1140 KHTK. Jason Ross here with you on this Thursday, October 28th. 2021 short show for us a shorter we got two hours for you before we get you to a very good i hope it's a very good thursday night football game we know there's uh, people absent for this one certainly from the packers side of things but packers and cardinals the undefeated cardinals uh, that will be coming your way at five o'clock right here on khdk and then another game on friday but that'll be the kings will be in action again fresh off that game last night uh all night last night chris at my house just Fire, Fire Falcon. Just kept singing that song. I have a feeling we're going to hear that today. I think he might be right. Hmm. Might be on to something. Uh, yes, it should be National Harrison Barnes Day. My goodness, what a night of basketball, at least the finish of that game. And the Kings took us on a ride, didn't they? Man, uh, I thought for if we look at all the quarters, all the halves they played, I was borderline disgusted with the first half. I just thought it was awful. And we were saying it in the halftime. Couldn't believe the Kings were close at the first quarter. Even close at half, it just felt like they were awful. Much better second half. Certainly, Buddy healed. It was part of that roller coaster. Man, Buddy made some huge mistakes. He made some big shots. And in the end, it was a fun night and a win for the Kings. Really getting off to a good start on this road trip. That is four games long. We'll be talking about, about that today. A lot about the Kings and Suns yesterday. And kind of some more early season trends. I know a lot of people are... Uh, very worried about De'Aaron Fox. Uh, don't put me on that list. I'm not. I'd like him to play better. I'd like the free throws to be better. There's no doubt about that. I'm sure De'Aaron would tell you that. But if those were his quote-unquote subpar nights, he's still doing some good things. Not shooting very well. A lot of the guards aren't shooting very well, uh, with maybe the exception of the one shooting well consistently still is Harrison Barnes. And then Buddy got hot in that second half. So we'll talk about that today. Uh, we will get into some NFL, obviously, as we mentioned, with the uh, Thursday night game to start week eight. We do have the World Series now evened at one as they are going to change venues from Houston to Atlanta. We'll get into that a little bit today. At four o'clock, one hour from now, the great Lincoln Kennedy will join us for his weekly visit. We missed Lincoln yesterday, but we got him today. And we're going to talk to Lincoln about, you know, kind of what to do here for the Raiders. It's a bye week. It's a nice thing. You get some time off. And by all accounts, I, I think the Raiders are letting uh, and the coaching staff and the front office letting the Raiders have a complete week off. They don't even have to report till next Monday. So we'll ask Lincoln what's the best bit of advice. I remember last week he told us, oh, when he was a player, he went to Vegas. He got away. But, um, you know, different people are in different pot, uh, parts of their lives on, on these teams. Some are, are family men, and, and it's harder to get away with kids in school. Others are, let's go. Let's go to a beach somewhere. Plus they live in Vegas. And they already live in Vegas. So I guess they stay in Vegas. I don't know how that works. But, yeah, Lincoln Kennedy will join us at 4. We'll have the crossover uh, to wrap things up. Chris, by the way, I I'm, I don't know if you heard the morning crossover. I did not. Um, I had done one yesterday for them, but just on a whim came up with an idea this morning. I probably I could do this. Uh, you know what? Before I go to – I will have you participate in it um, later. Okay. Well, it, you remember? did you ever do Mad Libs? Yes. I did a Mad Libs crossover where there was a short story, very short story written, and Dave and Jay had to pick certain things to fulfill the story. Okay. You know, noun, verb, number, uh-huh. that kind of thing. So I'll I'll, uh, I'll I'll test that out on you. Okay. Are you good with that? Um, are you good with that? You know what? I'm not sure. 
I know I'm thinking this out on the air. I was um, a little hesitant with them, but we're also on the air, and I think that gets you um, a little more at ease, but not all the way. They they also went down certain roads I thought they might. Okay. So, anyway, food for thought. We will, uh, we'll see how that one goes a little bit later. So, we do appreciate those of you checking in on YouTube. Thank you. If you are there, uh, we appreciate that. Hit the thumbs up button. Thank you very much. Those of you on our smart speakers, on an app, on the uh, good old-fashioned radio, thank you for being here with us on Sports 1140 KHDK. All right, let's do it. Let's start you out with first things first. First things first. First things first. Well, there's plenty of moments to play, but it almost pales in comparison to what happened at the end last night. Box with the inbounds to Barnes. He turns. He fires for the win. He's got the bucket at the buzzer. Harrison Barnes, in very similar fashion to his victory last year at Golden One Center against the Cleveland Cavaliers, I believe it was, has just nailed a buzzer-beating three. The Kings win it 110-107. You can't cut it any closer than that. They will review it to make sure he got it off in time. He clearly did. 1.4 inbounds to the Falcon. He wheeled and fired, fading to his left on the deep left wing. He hit nothing but net. Kings win it 110-107. Yeah, that was uh, as described right here on KHDK by the G-Man, Gary Gerald. Uh, When I saw it live, was so excited, was so happy. And then G-Man even in that call said, well, they're going to have to review it. And then I got that, that, oh, no, I didn't really even pay attention to the clock. And then the first time you see the replay, oh, that's long gone. Like, uh, there was that little bit of doubt, Chris. I thought, oh, are, are they going to – did this not count? Yeah, it wasn't even an issue at all. See, I am very lucky here because I have the radio feed with no delay, and the TV is about a 20-second delay. Oh, so you saw the magic moment first – or heard it first. I heard it first, and I was able to review it <laughs> while you guys were talking kind of, about it. You reviewed it live in real time. Um. There was – wasn't there a play earlier in the game that you actually did help? That was something? It was uh, Booker's three, three which yeah. was weird because I want to say at the arena they called it a three. On TV it was a two. But when I saw it, like it, it was like six inches behind the I line. I thought live it was clearly a three. Then the score looked wrong. And I went, wait, did they – and then you could hear them say a two-pointer. And then literally during action, they must have reviewed it at a free throw. You could hear them in the background going – the basket made at you know six minutes and twelve seconds, whatever the the factor was, was now a three. So then the score changes again. And um, it was a crazy night. <clears throat> it was really a roller coaster, as we said with the Sacramento Kings. I, I think they've been incredibly up and down right now, and, and I think the good versions look pretty good. Um, last night, to be honest, I thought that was some of their worst basketball, though. I mean, I know we've talked about fourth quarter numbers going down, second half defense um, not holding up. But, <clears throat> excuse me, when they've been in these games with Portland and, and ended up winning, with the Warriors and the Jazz, you're so consumed with how close it is and all the plays late. Then when the game ends, you kind of look back and go, yeah, they weren't that great in the second half. This one just smacked you in the face in the first half i just thought they were as bad as we've seen even before the preseason i thought the preseason they were good uh chris i hated their first half what's weird is with the last couple seasons when they would have a quarter like that it's like okay if you could get a stop to here or if you could score a three here you can kind of stop the bleeding a little bit 
and that would never happen, and then they get blown out by like 15 or yeah. 20 and a quarter. It seemed like in the first half, every time it's like, okay, if they make a shot here, it could just stop it a little bit, and they would. Yeah, just enough. And it w- it never really got away from them. Yeah, I think 12 was the largest deficit, but it felt like they were down 25, yeah. just the way they and were And the playing. thing that helped was the the third quarter, they come out 8-0 run. That was exactly it. We were talking down the line, and even at the studio, like, okay, it's an eight-point game. In, in all honesty, as bad as the half was, NBA games can flip quickly. But we had said, who who calls the first time out? And if it's 8-0 Phoenix, now it's 16, and you're in trouble. Instead, it was 8-0 Kings, timeout. It's like, all right, here we go. We got a game. Uh, Kings ultimately then got the lead. and Buddy Hill decided not to miss anything. Oh, man. Buddy was just – and for his flaws, for his faults, and he made some just – mind-numbing decisions during the game i mean you're just going what what are you looking at i mean you just i I wish you could um stop time and just go okay everybody freeze buddy explain it explain it like i clearly don't see what you're seeing what are you seeing now in the same sense also the fact that i think i would be shook if i had that kind of many mistakes and that oh coach is going to take me out and or missing eight threes in a row, which he hadn't really early. He has in other games. He's going to shoot again. And that's also his strength. Because Buddy will just let all that go and just move on to the next play. And then in the second half, he is the reason they came back. He's crazy hot. I did agree with him actually going out. I thought, okay, he's probably reached his limit. He needs a little bit of rest. When he came back in, he turned back into first half. Buddy was making some bad decisions. He had a great defensive play late against Booker. And then ultimately, uh, it saved us for that dramatic sequence with Harrison Barnes. The other oddity that came out last night, Chris, over social media, was the Kings lead in one thing, buzzer beaters, in the last like four years, which is crazy. If you go back to uh, Bogey hitting one against the Lakers at home, you have Belly in Houston. Buddy has two now against Denver to open up last year, the one in Detroit, and then Barnes, Cleveland. And they have six game-winning walk-off wins in, like, the last three years. The Detroit one, it was like what you said about Buddy all combined into one play Mm -hmm. to where he loses it, he doesn't have control of it, he just throws it up, nothing but that. And then runs around. Crazy. Celebrate. Um, Barnes, on the other hand, uh, has done it before last year, I still think is one of the great buzzer beaters in King's history, really. Uh, Just the execution of the play. Three-quarter court pass from De'Aaron. Perfect. If, If football analogy... Back shoulder throw. The defense can't get it. Barnes turns, fires, and scores. The only regret on that is no one was in, in the building. I mean, that was just that was one of the great last-second shots I've ever seen. Now, last night, the beauty of where the Kings were, it, it stunk that they gave up the lead. Uh, if that shot misses, they're still playing. I mean, they're not going to lose at that moment. They could lose an OT. But uh, the Kings set up a pretty good look to get to Fox. Um, realizing a foul to give. And let's think about that, too, by the way, in, in key moments to the game. Phoenix went in the penalty in about, or the Kings were, in just over two minutes. So Phoenix is shooting free throws the rest of the fourth quarter. The Suns had a foul to give. That's how unbalanced the fouls were in the fourth quarter. Doesn't mean, you know, the Kings weren't fouling, but obviously they were guilty. And the Suns just kept getting to the line. They missed two in the fourth, but... That's how part of how they came back. Kings also uh, didn't execute as well, left the door open. But that last look uh, by Barnes is um, – yeah, he's quickly – that's his third career 
game winner, had one with Dallas. And what's so great is to see this early in the season, someone get off to such a great start like that, and you could just tell his confidence has changed. I mean, Harrison Barnes has always been a very good NBA player. I think he's always been underappreciated. It feels like he's now matched his experience with his athletic ability, kind of the peak fitness, uh, knowledge of the game, just full core competence in everything he needs to do to be an NBA player. And then he works really hard, and now he's getting rewarded. And it also just seems like, Chris, that confidence is just soaring every night for him. And I think it's the coaching and his teammates because you hear all of them like, no, he needs to shoot more. Yes. He needs to look out for himself. That's how we're going to win is through Harrison Barnes. And what a refreshing – I mean, that's good for them to see that and to put him in that spot. We know Buddy, his light's always green, and he's going to – Terrence David, they're going to shoot to tell him, hey, we want six threes, eight threes, ten – go. We're more than comfortable with you. He's showing a little more emotion. He's off to, you know, an unbelievable start and so much more to go. But we said it yesterday. You start to win. Good things start to happen things will get noticed. I mean, this sounds crazy today, but if he played like this, he would be an all-star. And I would have never thought as Harrison Barnes could be an all-star for this team. I would also like to see four quarters of good Kings basketball. That'd be nice. Tori's just like, oh, wow, they just led the whole way and won a game that they should have won. That seems like a big wish list right there, knowing this team. Um, you would hope tomorrow it could happen. There's no gimmies. Nothing's easy. But New Orleans is a team that has uh, just one win. They really competed well yesterday against Atlanta. They don't have their best player. Doesn't mean they can't beat you. You know that. And the Kings have played some teams where some of their best players haven't played well. To the Kings' credit, I thought Chris Paul last night was awful. Um, he ended up with some decent stats. Booker was kind of a slow play. Then he got he got really going. And Aiton was bothering the Kings big time. But the totality of the game is what the Kings need. Buddy and stretches. Barnes good the whole game. Fox had moments. We all would like more. Um, but then what else do you get? Alex Len dropping two threes and really effective off the bench. Holmes yet another double-double. That's how they got to do it. They've got to be uh, a collective. I see on our uh, our YouTube chat, TD is a total or equals total disaster when I'm talking about Terrence Davis. He has been ice-cold shooting. I mean, just frigid at this point. He can't make anything um, but for him, he, he had that hot a couple of hot games in the preseason. You just got to keep riding it. And they're playing him less. He's a little bit like Buddy that he could miss eight and then make the next eight. Right now, he is not connecting. When the Kings traded for him, wasn't there – didn't he have like a – go through like four games before he finally hit a three for the Kings? Yeah, I think we were like, man, I don't, I don't really see much. And then actually he finished really, really strongly yeah. and had a couple of big scoring games. And I mean, we got to remember he was on the all-rookie team. He's a good player. But I think he's in a good role. He's off the bench, and you kind of have to identify, I think, if you're Coach Walton and the staff, who's got it going. And the hard part with Buddy and Terrence Davis, it can light that fast. I mean, one going through can turn it, um, but you also don't want to get in a spot where, oh, man, this guy is one of ten, and he's shooting us out of the game. So I don't think they've given him as long a leash as maybe Buddy has uh, had so far, but Buddy uh, was a big part of the victory yesterday. So we'll talk more about this, certainly about the Kings and what's ahead, but what a swing from one and three potentially to now two and two. We'll kind of go over the standings as well. The whole West, it's basically 500 or below. There's a couple outliers above that, but uh, the Kings are right there in position right now, but there's forever to go still, and it's just game one of this four-game road trip. Game two is tomorrow uh, in New Orleans. First things first. Oh, 
All right, like we said, much more on uh, the Kings coming up, but let's go to the World Series last night. Drew Smiley on the mound now. His first appearance of this World Series. Driven to left field, hooking down the line. She's gone. She's gone. Where'd she go? Altuve goes deep for the 22nd time in his postseason history. Second most all time. Tied with Bernie Williams at 22. Astros lead at 7-2 because of the little big man. Pitch to Swanson. Swing and a foul tip held on to by Maldonado, and that is the ball game. The Houston Astros even up the World Series at a game apiece, winning game two over the Atlanta Braves, 7-2. Yep, so we're all even now as they go to Atlanta. I want to play that first highlight again. That was a quick that was a quick ramp up from kind of being here to woo uh, elevation once the ball went out. Drew Smiley on the mound now. His first appearance of this World Series. Driven to left field. <laughs> hooking down the line. She's gone. Yeah, that, She's gone. That was Altuve last night, so he homered he, the he offense. He was listening to Holland Oates before the game, right? She's gone. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, nice night for the Astros. Exactly what they needed. And uh, out hit the Braves. Outscored them. Got off to the early lead. Took advantage of some scoring opportunities. And they kind of, this is the game that Chris wanted. They they cruised in. It was a low-stress Astros five-run win. Didn't have uh, too many high-leverage innings that they had to worry about. And they've now evened the series as they head to Atlanta. And let's hear from uh, Dusty Baker. What stands out about the way those guys play in these kinds of games that kind of separate them? Remember, like I was saying, you know, they expect, you know, good things to happen. And they expect... You know, to play well, they expect to do good. I, I found that out last year. We had some guys struggling, and they said, well, wait till the playoffs. And we barely squeaked in, and they said, hey, man, you know, we're going to turn it on in the playoffs. And I haven't seen many people in this game, you know, that can kind of turn it on when they want to. Well, they'll go to Atlanta for games three, four, and five. That's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Game three starters announced Luis Garcia versus Ian Anderson in game three. And, you know, again, uh, Atlanta should feel good about getting home field, winning game one, but the Charlie Morton injury is a big deal. The fact that the back end of that game, the Astros got to see the bullpen arms because of the removal of the game when the injury to the fibula happened for Morton. Um, I, I wonder over the long term how much of the uh, impact that will have in the series. Still going Astros in five. They obviously would have to do a, a backdoor sweep here and win four straight. They've even the series. Game three will be tomorrow in Atlanta. First things first. First things first. first. All right, Thursday night football tonight. It's a good one. Packers and Cardinals. Remember week one when the Packers looked awful? They had to play that game in Jacksonville against the Saints. Saints blew them out. Well, since then, all wins. All wins for the Packers. For the Cardinals, they haven't lost yet. They're the lone team that's remained undefeated. I'm not fully on board believing that they're the team to beat, but they haven't lost yet. They're doing more things right. Kyler Murray playing like a MVP candidate. They've got a really good balanced offensive attack and a good enough defense, and they're in a good division, but they've been managed to stay undefeated so far. Uh, we know the story with the Packers. Looks like they're going to be without three wide receivers tonight. And uh, Marcus Valdez-Scantling to go with Lazard and Devontae Adams. So this will be a very tough situation. Uh, but Aaron Rodgers uh, was reflecting on just where he is right now and how he's feeling in Green Bay. This is part of the fun. You know, the fun is obviously, I mean, look, I got my best friend in the league back to go to work with every day. 
I got the funniest dude in the world to drive down to practice with every day in, in David Bakhtiari. I got a great coaching staff that I love. I'm still in Green Bay and having the time of my life. And I get fun moments like this every single week. I thought you were going to p- play Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, is that old? Where is this? Why is he so happy? Happy Aaron Rodgers. What happened? I guess you win a few games, like six in a row. Uh, does he know he's not going to have three receivers tonight? Uh, for that reason and that reason alone, it's really hard to pick against Aaron Rodgers just because of how many times they do win. They win more times than not. Um, I, I will pick the Cardinals tonight. Uh, I think that's uh, too many weapons. Rodgers will make other people shine, but I, I think on the road, short week, all that kind of stuff, and then just especially Devontae Adams. I mean, just such a difference-making wide receiver. I know there was some question about DeAndre Hopkins. Sounds like he is going to give it a go for the Cardinals. So it should be a good atmosphere with the Cardinals undefeated at home, undefeated overall, and certainly 6-1 and one for the Packers. You can get that game right here on KHDK coming your way after us at 5 o'clock. First things first. First things first. Well, more news regarding the Packers. It does, or excuse me, about the Cardinals. It looks like J.J. Watt is going to be done for the season with an injury. Not 100% that he's going to be out, but that's what the reports are saying at this moment. J.J. Watt, after all those years with the Texans, gets that deal to go to the Cardinals, and there's a lot of concern that he might be done for the season with an injury. And you just hope that's not the case, but I think by the account of the reports at this moment, uh, I think it was a lower leg injury for J.J. Watt. And that hurts that defense. I mean, I know he is not the guy that, um, excuse me, it was his shoulder. Sorry, I thought it was his leg, but it's his shoulder where he was hurt. But it's a guy you have to game plan for and scheme for and maybe isn't as good as he once was, but on certain games can be that irritant of a pass rusher, of a guy that gets to the quarterback, causes havoc on defenses. So not having him, I don't know tonight how much of a deal, but just over the long haul should be a factor for the uh, last undefeated team in the league. First things first. All right, also from the NFL, the Saints yesterday kind of closed out a deal where it looks like they're going to bring back Mark Ingram as the trade deadline. Uh, Ingram, of course, had many, many, many great years with the New Orleans Saints, and so he's hoping he could do more of that for them and just kind of give them a little more well-rounded attack and depth in the backfield. But uh, bringing him back, um, you know, what does that mean for – Guys like Alvin Kamara, who's been really important for them. What does it also mean for the Texans, who won week one and haven't won since? And are they going to be one of the teams that's starting to make some deals? The trade deadline in football isn't the same as the NBA by any means. I mean, the NBA, stuff happens. There's a lot of movement. The NFL, it doesn't always happen that way, and it's uh, next week, early next week. So we'll see if there's actual movement. But one of the first moves uh, gets the Texans to uh, move Ingram and getting him reunited with the New Orleans Saints. All right, one last thing here on First Things First. First Things First. First Things First. All right, last night in the NBA, some odd games, some odd stories, um, but also a little bit of history was made last night. Reeves lobs to Monk, and it's over at Paycom Center. The Thunder get their first win of the 2021-22 season in resounding comeback fashion from 26 back. Yeah, that was Matt Pinto there on the Thunder Radio Network. First win for the Thunder, but it's the first time in 40-plus years that the Lakers had a lead of 26 points or more and lost. I mean, they were absolutely crushing the Oklahoma City Thunder. We know this. We say it. 20-point leads in the NBA aren't what they used to be. That will happen. It's going to happen a lot. Just keep track of that. How many times this season a team blows a 20-point lead? What's concerning, if you're the Lakers, is it was the Thunder, a team that's 0-4. You had a huge lead. 
Uh, you blew it. You lost the game. I mean, you could lose the lead and still win the game. They completely lost the game as well and lost their cool a little bit too. Russell Westbrook at the end got tossed from the game, and I was talking about it afterwards. What were your thoughts on the ejection? It is what it is. I don't know if y'all got the first take. Honestly, the first one wasn't even a take. Uh, the last one was a take. That's cool, but just how I play the game, you know, I take it on the chin and move on. But, you know, the game of basketball, certain things you just don't do. Like in baseball, you know, but for bad, certain things you just don't do in certain in sports. Game already over, and I didn't like it. Simple as that. Russ gave us the old, it is what it is. Well, how about his coach, Frank Vogel? Coach, what did you think of Russell Westbrook's play tonight? Just coming back home to Oklahoma City and chances of that guy competes his tail off. It was a tough finish for our whole group, but to come in and have 10 assists in a, in a, in a half in an NBA game, it's remarkable. You know, I applaud his effort, but our group as a whole, we didn't get the job done. So, got to look for the next game. Yeah, for the Lakers, yeah. No, it was a triple-double night for Russ as uh, LeBron was out, but he also had the 10 turnover, so... I guess he can give him that quadruple double. 13 assists and 10 turnovers, not going to get it done for the Lakers. So they collapsed, had a 41-19 lead in the first, uh, ended up up by 26 multiple times in the game, and they lose a tough one. They go to 2-3. and three. OKC improves to 1-4. and four. All right, when we come back, though, we got to get more into this Kings start 2-2. Two and two, Some good, some bad, some ugly, but really a nice win yesterday against a good Phoenix team who they put to 1-3 and three in Harrison Barnes heroics. Where would this team be right now without... The Fire Falcon. We'll talk more about Barnes and the Kings when we come back here on Sports 1140 KHDK. One point four to go. Position the top is Buddy Heel and Harrison Barnes. Box with the inbounds to Barnes. He turns. He fires for the win. He's got the bucket at the buzzer. Harrison Barnes in very similar fashion to his victory last year at Golden One Center against the Cleveland Cavaliers, I believe it was, has just nailed a buzzer-beating three. The Kings win it 110-107. No, I mean, it's credit to my, my teammates and my coaches. They have a lot of, a lot of faith in me give me the opportunity to shoot that shot in the box. Had a lot of options, obviously, found me on that, so just try to, you know, just be at peace. Um, look at the results and just shoot it. No, it's, uh, we knew it was going there. We knew it was going there for a minute. They left his hands, so, uh, you know, just a, a great moment to experience. It gets better every time. I can't believe I just I it all just it all came to me right now, Chris. So that obviously Harrison Barnes there. You heard a Harrison Barnes shot by the G Man describing it. Then Harrison Barnes, Tyrese Halliburton. Um, maybe this was a sign. I didn't. I forgot to tell you this off air. Uh, coming home last night after the game, um, I, I don't. This has never happened before. I still haven't been able to identify what this was. I get to my house. I'm walking in kind of the the back area of the house, and there's a little. Um, bucket that's turned over like it had some rain in it before but it's just turned over nothing's nothing's in it and I literally not literally but I wanted to scream out loud or jump out of my shoes because there was I didn't see it but there was something on that bucket and it just flew straight up into the sky and made the weirdest sound I know it it's some version of a bird maybe it was a falcon maybe it was a fire falcon it might have because it was making a really weird noise and Honestly, I jumped and kind of, I mean, I was, uh, I needed, uh, I needed to go in is what I needed to do. 
But it a was, lot of stuff happening at your house that always terrifies you. Yeah, I, I'm I'm easily uh, I'm I'm easily scared. It's that kind of thing. That's why I don't like to do. Uh, well, horror movies aren't as bad if it's just over the top. Okay, we're cutting everybody in half. All right, it's the it's the open the door slowly with the music and the anticipation of maybe something being there, and then that you know like that real loud snare drum or something that comes in and it's that gets me every time. You'd Don't be like o- you'd be okay with Lamb then. Yeah, you saw that movie the other day. I did. I, you showed me the preview and I just didn't even want to understand it. On a Chris, for, so we know your scale is either it's a good movie or it's so bad it's good, and then it's kind of in yeah. between. What was this? Good movie, really good movie. Yes, a good movie. Good movie. Disturbing. Disturbing, but I don't know. It's probably not. It's not scary, is it? Or, hmm. or is it more of a mind? Uh, it messes with your mind. Okay, but I mean they're not over the top trying to be scary, right? It's trying to be disturbing. Okay, and they achieve that. They do achieve that. That's why you liked it. That's why you watched. Like it. it's one hundred percent. Like there's nothing like it. It's out there. Does the um, whoever wrote it? Do they have other movies that you know of? No. Okay. I think that was the first time. Maybe the last. Oh no. <laughs> uh, Harrison Barnes last night, the hero, the Black Falcon, the Fire Falcon, as we've named him. Um, yeah, just amazing. So great to see, and really such a true professional, such a great person. And I just love how he's handled this, how he's played, how he's kind of like we addressed it earlier, the freedom from Coach Walton and really not even freedom anymore. It's like, hey, look, we need you to be good. And we said before the season started that we had really looked at the way the roster was constructed, and it's like, I, I really think they're going to play a lot of these guards and put Harrison Barnes in that four position a lot. And he's been there and he's done a couple of the things too, that we're, we're all zeroed in on what he's doing offensively. He has rebounded the ball very well, um, shot the three very well, and just been a guy that's carried the team at separate times this year. And if you look at his game log so far through the four games, game one, 36 points career high, by the way, nine rebounds game two, 25 points in a career high 15 rebounds then you go to game three 24 points and seven boards and last night 22 points nine boards four assists right now he is averaging a double double his 27 points per game is seventh in the league his 10 rebounds is 24th um he's effective you know he defends and utmost value to this team and you just think about how people have viewed him at different times. I mean, obviously, you know, when Doug was and I were doing the show together, we would get those comments on the text line and uh, messages that people, uh, the Kings really could move him or maybe should move him. Look at that contract. Yeah, look at it. The Kings are in a good position. It's declining. His play is increasing. And you still have a guy really in his NBA prime. And you know it's not going to be a question of will his body um, break down or will he take days off that's not who he is he's as every teammate says um and talking to Doug to just how hard he works and in this league when you've got the best of the best players the best athletes it's really not a mystery why some of the people become superstars they work really hard too and when you can have leaders and key players committed to working hard 
that's going to raise the level of everyone else in their work ethic. And by all accounts right now, the work ethic on this team is fantastic. Now it's filling in the pieces, adding more talent, fit, making it all work together. And I think we're still seeing a work in progress on Coach Walton's part on when to play guys. Because the, the trick when you have arguably 11 guys that could and maybe even should play, how do you get them in? When do you get them in? Where do you utilize them? It looks like he's got a better grasp, at least, of how he wants to handle Tristan Thompson and Alex Len. I think when they're facing a really big opposing center, we're seeing more of Alex Len. Now, Alex Len last night gave the Kings some much-needed offense as well, protected the basket. The Kings gave up, what, 38 points in the paint in the first half. It was terrible. DeAndre Ayton was just carving him up. And I didn't think the Kings defended the the two-man game. I mean, the Suns were either getting little floaters in the lane or just lobbing it to McGee or Ayton. It was way too easy. They cleaned that up much better in the second half. So good adjustments there. And then they utilized their personnel. And I think that the trick is, of the five guards, when do you, when do you put the guys in? And we said it. I think their closing lineup, if everybody's healthy, is always going to have Fox in it. It's always going to have Barnes in it. And assuming he's not in foul trouble, it's always going to have Holmes in it. So then there's two spots. And we've seen games where Halliburton's finished. We've seen games where Mitchell is finished. In game one, he did. Uh, Buddy, last night. Um, Harkless starts. We haven't seen him as a finisher much. You know, We still know that Marvin Bagley can play. They've kind of identified him as someone that's further outside the rotation. Terrence Davis hasn't finished much, but it's it's what is the group that they're going to get and when when to kind of switch, when to play it, when to go to the bench. They're still... They're still sorting that out at this point, and you got to figure with more reps, with more time, there'll be a little bit more clarity on on a, a full pattern of what Coach Walton wants to do. But we're we're now seeing, you know, the main group play the majority of the minutes. I think the, they're going to play less minutes overall for the bigs of a, of a Holmes, Len Thompson, Bagley kind of mixture. It's going to be a lot of four perimeter skilled players, whether that's Barnes, Harkless. Uh, Buddy, you know, the list, Fox, Mitchell, Halliburton, that kind of thing. So it's so great to see Harrison Barnes play at this level. Now you want to see De'Aaron Fox raise his play and get to that level. I did see, and I, to be honest, I shouldn't be surprised, but I was at how many people were just so mad and frustrated with Fox last night. It felt like he has been a guy that, Really, this fan base has just never wanted to say anything bad about. And I've been here too long to know when you when you get a lot of time on a team and expectations from the fan base and paid well, then there's almost a demand every night. And Fox last night, 7 of 20. Let's start with that. It's not what he would want. That's not hideous. The other great players in this league will have nights like that. And the 7 of 20 is, let's let's look at their best player, Devin Booker. 12 of 28. So if De'Aaron had eight more shots, would he make five? The stats say no, but okay. Uh, Chris Paul, one of their best players. He went one for 10. Uh, DeAndre eight and all his around the rim. He went nine of 12. Okay, so Fox was seven of 20. And that's shooting a low percentage for him. Yes, yeah. Now what he's got to get better, and I know what you're saying, and I hear you, free throws. That's not been, that's nothing different. That's something he's, I know, worked on. 
but he's not getting the results in the game. Three of seven. I get it. He will not be Mark Price, Steph Curry, you know, some of the Reggie Miller, great free throw shooters of all time. He's got to be better, though. And he's kind of, Chris, been an all or not. Like, he's had games last year, 10 of 10. How about Fox? And then the next night, two of nine. What's strange is with his free throws is during the preseason, he shot very well from the he free did. throw line. And it was like, whoa, he's got this turned around. That's cool to see. And then we get to the moments where they need it, and he's three of seven. Not why they lost their lead, but, you know, a couple times there could be better. Uh, the the three-pointer, though, one of five. He is not shooting very well at all, at all beyond the arc. Rebounds, two. He can rebound better than that. That one I'm not going to get too crazy over. Nine assists is good. Uh, he had two turnovers, so nine to two works. So he had a steal. He No blocks, 18 points. And it felt like he was subpar. Well, a lot of times subpar is what Chris Paul did. One of ten, six points. Now, Chris Paul did some other things. Six boards, eight assists, uh, two steals, and a turnover. So you got to be able to find ways. And I think Fox still is to the point where I think he's their best player. Other teams scout him as the option number one. He had that last year, though, too. He's been in the league long enough to know how opposing defenses are handling him. And he also can turn it as quickly as New Orleans, which is a team he last year absolutely annihilated. So he had some of his best games against the Pelicans. So I'm not too worried about him. Free throws I'd like to see more consistent and the three-point shooting. Collectively, the team, uh, there's too many good shooters that aren't shooting well beyond the arc. But uh, I think that's coming. I really do. So it was so important to get the win, to be on the right side of that one. They're now 2-2. Two and two. The Suns drop to 1-3 and three as the Kings get ready to take on Portland, or excuse me, New Orleans tomorrow. We'll talk more about that, more about the Kings. And Lincoln Kennedy joins us uh, to start the 4 o'clock hour as we're back with more right here on Sports 1140 KHDK. We've had a few people, uh, we had a text earlier on the text line. Where was this? I got to find this one from earlier in the show. Uh, well, I use this. Damn, Coach Ross, uh, Doug Christie rubbed off on you. Quote, what are you looking at? Explain that to me. What are you looking at? Yeah, that's uh, what we were talking about when uh, I was thinking about Buddy um, last night. And, I, gosh, I, he would be a difficult person to coach. I, he's not a bad person. He's he's uh, He's been actually pretty funny in some of his postgame uh, conversations and what he said to the media. I think a lot of people enjoy him, but he's frustrating. He is so frustrating where you see him. I mean, he's not a young player. He's not inexperienced. Yet it seems like we see a lot of the same kind of mistakes from him. And, you know, as a coach, I'm sure you got to say, all right, mistakes happen. We, you, you can't n- – there's never a perfect game. And like we said, when you go down this list, there were more Kings, I think, that are playing well that aren't. And if, if one of our issues are, as Kings fans right now is the way De'Aaron Fox is playing, okay, think about your issues, right? The team has made it to 500. They've played a really tough schedule. And Fox isn't playing to the level that we've seen before. I trust that to happen. Now, this far in, I would like Buddy Heald to make less mistakes, but it's still happening, and it happens in a quarter. It happens on uh, maybe for a whole game or a half. Yesterday, it was just such a head-scratching game where he, you know, people are saying, get him out of the game right away. I'm thinking the same thing. And then the third quarter comes around, and Buddy 
for a while was outscoring the Suns by himself. And he has that ability to flip a game. He hit seven three-pointers in the game. Phoenix hit six as a team. We talk about three-point differential a lot. Look at that every night, more times than not. Especially if there's a disparity, the team that made more threes wins. Kings made nine more threes. That's a big difference. That's a 27-point difference that they're getting over the Suns. Now, where they were hurt is points in the paint. Phoenix was scoring too easily, getting to the rim, and especially early. That 38 points in the paint in the first half uh, was killing Sacramento. Most of that was DeAndre Ayton or other just a couple of easy looks. Uh, and and more bad defensive sets yesterday for the Kings. We hadn't seen a lot of straight-line drives or broken-down coverages as we did as yesterday's first half. So I just I, I, I feel for coaches sometimes and just having to go through that. Like what when when do you say I've seen enough tonight of, of a player that makes mistakes like Buddy Heald, but also has the ability to get hot and change a game? And that's exactly what he did by scoring seven points in the first half, nineteen in the second half. Remember the Suns only had fifteen in the third quarter. And so uh he had twenty six. He led the Kings in scoring, second in the game overall. And a nice Kings win, 110-107. And what I was saying earlier about where the league is right now. Again, the league just started a week ago Tuesday. So it's we're, we're just talking about a season that's just begun. But with that said, we're already seeing a couple of early season trends, I would say. And who's great? Who's a great team? The Bulls are undefeated. I wouldn't say they're great, but good for them to take advantage of that schedule and win all four games. Um, in the West... The Warriors are 4-0. I think that's nice. I think they will be better later in the year. The Jazz, to me, are the best team in the West. They're 3-0. That's it. If the West, we're talking about teams above 500. This is the list of teams that are above 500. Warriors 4-0. Jazz 3-0. Timberwolves 3-1. And the Mavericks 2-1. That's it. That's it. So you have the Kings, Blazers, Nuggets, Grizzlies, two and two. Lakers, the only team in the league that's two and three. Clippers, Rockets, Suns, Spurs, one and three. And then the Pelicans and the Thunder, one and four. So I think you're looking at a league right now that has some good teams. I don't know if anybody's great. So that makes you wonder, what is that number? You know, we're trying to see if the Kings can get in there in that top 10 somewhere, if not higher. You'd love to be top six, so you're not worried about a play-in scenario, but... That's a that's a pretty lofty jump, but that is something that is possible. It has been done before. But, you know, there's been some years, I think about uh, the last full season the Kings played. 39 wins is what uh, they had with Dave Yeager. That was ninth. That would have been a playing team. Other years, 39 is maybe 12th, 13th. Uh, there's been a, a 50-win team, or I think it was high 40s at least, that missed the playoffs. So I don't know where it'll go. I don't know that a bunch of these teams will start attacking the bottom of the conferences. That's still to be determined. But very, very early. And just keep taking care of what you can. You don't want any bad stretches. And and a loss last night, to me, I actually thought the Kings would lose, to be honest, going in. I thought this was just a tough game to walk into, where Phoenix was, what their expectations are, how they lost their home opener, and then more importantly, how they played in their most recent game. They got crushed by Portland but Sacramento came in 
and didn't even play well. But what Phoenix's problem was, they should have run away with the game. They didn't. They left the Kings open uh, for taking this game, and then the Sacramento Kings took it. They took it from them with a good second half. So on the same night that that happened, there were some oddities around the league, including a game, Chris, where we were monitoring with the um, linear championship because Milwaukee started the season with it, lost it, but got it back. Right? What's they, our path? So the Bucks won. The Bucks started with it. Right. Lost opening night to the Heat. Or no, no, they, n- n- they won no, the first. Night. They won the first one. So that was the first successful defense. Yeah. Then they lost to the Heat. Next game, Heat lost to the Pacers. Next game, Pacers lost to the Bucks. So the Bucks are two-time yes champions. Last night they lost to. Ladies and gentlemen, the winner of this contest. Minnesota. So it made it out west, but I was saying the path that was probably best is Milwaukee, I think has Utah coming up, and then the very next game Utah was playing the Kings. So there, there it is. That's the quick path. Now we got to follow Minnesota's course. They play the Nuggets, I believe. Is that their next game? Let's check in on the Timberwolves schedule. Yep, the Denver Nuggets. Uh, that will be Saturday. So they'll have it for a couple days. They get the Nuggets on Saturday. Uh, oh, then they go to Orlando, Clippers a couple times. So I wouldn't be surprised if Denver takes it from them. If it follows the way it's been going, Denver's going to be the linear champions. Yeah. You have to be ready for that. Another sounder to get yourself ready for. All right, first hour is complete. Much more on the Kings and their heroics last night, including Harrison Barnes, game winner, and, and really the Kings' heroics in those last second games has been great. We'll look ahead to the Pelicans matchup tomorrow as well. But the next hour, we'll start it out. Lincoln Kennedy. He will join us for his weekly visit, former Raider and current Raider analyst. Let's get the very latest on what's going on with the first place Raiders. Lincoln Kennedy joins us when we come back here on Sports 1140 KHDK. It's the Herd with Colin Cowherd. But what is interesting here is Garoppolo has a little leverage. Number one, this is the best division, I think, easily in the NFL. I mean, Trey Lance is not ready to win this division. The second thing he's got going for him, which is pretty obvious, is that Kyle Shanahan has a losing record in the NFL as a head coach without Jimmy Garoppolo. And number three is, this is a Super Bowl roster. So let's not screw around here. The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Weekdays from noon to 3 on Sports 1140 KHTK. This is me, Jason Ross, here to tell you about the West Coast Mortgage Group. And they have been absolutely fantastic for me and I know, and for my family. I know they can do the same for you. We are longtime homeowners, very comfortable in our house uh, and comfortable with our mortgage. We've been paying it steady and uh, responsible and, and, you know, just knocking off months on that long-term mortgage. But after we talk to Rob at West Coast Mortgage Group, again, 916-453-7533, we were starting to talk about our mortgage. He said, look, well, the rates have hit an all-time low. You've got a decent rate, but it's be- I can get you better. And he did. And I'm like, okay, well, is that still the best for me? I don't know if we want to go through all this. But then once we really started to continue to talk about it, it made just too much sense. Uh, 